0: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. Just double checking the volume is good, right? Yes, okay. All right. You never know about technology. It works one second and the next second it just decides to go on vacation. Well, you know, there are some 12 different religions that make up most about the 83 percent of the world's population. That's according to 2015 figures. Christians make up 31.2 percent of the total world's population. And after that are the Muslims at 24.1, Hindus at 15, and Buddhists at 7 percent. Now, how is Christianity so much different from all these other religions. Matter of fact, I've seen a deal on there where in, in reality there are like some 4,300 different types of religions throughout the world. You know, you got all these little small sects that are out there. That's because somebody has to be number one. Somebody has to create everything. And there's only one person that did that. And that is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Anointed One. Anointed One is a term for the ancient word Hebrew Messiah, which means anointed one, who would come to save his people. You know, God wants everybody to be saved, every one of us. But there are some people that have fallen off the track. They've gone into some other area, or maybe they haven't even heard about Jesus yet. And if I remember, you know, it says in the scriptures that the end of the world isn't going to come until everybody has, has had an option, an opportunity to hear about Jesus Christ. And you think with all the technologies we have in the world today that you would think that everybody by now has heard about Jesus. You're wrong. That's why we still have missionaries out there. Out there to, to spread the word about Jesus Christ. Our world leaders today are struggling with so many different things. I mean, right now, the number one thing that is affecting the world today, well, we know what it is. Hence, you're out there and I'm in here. And we wonder how this is going to play out at the end. And how things are going to turn out. Today is Mother's Day, and of course, you know, for a lot of the mothers out there, they're not going to have an opportunity to. I've talked to some family members. I have, you know, I can't take this anymore. I haven't seen my grandkids for months, it seems like, and they want to see them. And one person said, "You know what? We're still going to have something. We're going to have. We'll have our social distancing, but we're going to be out in the shop, and we're going to meet." and uh and that's just the way it's going to be because for one thing the world cannot stand still this world still has to keep on going and it keeps on going through jesus christ and there's one thing that god does not do though he doesn't judge us you know i've seen some of these posters going around that say well we can go to walmart but we can't go to church and i really get annoyed with uh, stuff like that because Nowhere, if you listen and read the, underneath South Dakota, at least here in South Dakota, nowhere does it say that we can't go to church. We can go to church, we just have to abide by the social guidelines. Now granted, for the bigger churches, they'd have a little bit more of a challenge, but where there's a will, there is a way. And if I, even if I had a bigger church, you know, a big, large congregation, I'd probably have this thing set up too, meeting in the parking lot. For people to come. Even though you cannot shake hands, and I wonder if we'll ever be able to get to do that again, you can still wave to everybody, to your neighbors, which was, is kind of cool. And I see wave, people waving to their neighbors. You know, and that's, you know, God has created opportunities for us. All we got to do is grasp onto them and take advantage of them. You know, on the phone, we have um, Facebook, you know, FaceTime. We can watch, we can actually see the other person's face. But let's not get away with Jesus, from Jesus Christ. In John 3, 35 through 36, it says, the Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath will remain on them. That's why it's so important that we as Christians got to cling on to Jesus Christ. You see, he is the only way to eternal life. The only way. And that is through Jesus Christ. Why? Because he lived a sinless life. His life was perfect. Well, he had his trials and tribulations, didn't he? But he did not sin. He lived on earth as a man. And he died on the cross for us. And, to top it all off, he rose from the dead and ascended up into heaven. No other religion can claim that. No other religion can say that their leader died and rose, was risen from the dead and will have eternal life. Jesus is the only one to claim to be God and he proved it. He says in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you know, the Bible is the inspired Word of God. God cannot lie. The Bible does not contradict it- itself. The Scripture reveals the trueness of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. This is a gift of God. So the only way to obtain salvation is through Jesus Christ. He is the way and the truth and the life. Billy Graham had some interesting thoughts about this. He wrote, Ours is an age of philosophical uncertainty, and we no longer know what we believe. When I was a student, I had to face Christ. Who was he? He had made the astounding claim, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I wrestled with the inescapable fact that either Jesus Christ was who he claimed to be, or he was the biggest liar, fraud, and charlatan in history. Which was it? Buddha said toward the end of his life, I am still searching for the truth. But here was Jesus, who appeared and said, I am the embodiment of all truth. All truth is centered in me. That's it, folks. It is Jesus Christ. It is only him. And nobody else. Nobody else can claim what they can do. Titus 3 says, When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. You talk about love, you talk about greatness, and that's what Jesus Christ is. Why would somebody want to come down here and sacrifice themselves for us? Except that they loved us so much. That was through Jesus Christ. Somebody mentioned to me—I'm going to wait on that just for a second here—because I want to talk about the comfort of Jesus Christ, about what Jesus did for his disciples, who he said he was. And this is going to be in John 14, verses 1 through 14, where Jesus comforts his disciples. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you really know me you will know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him now Philip says Lord show us the father and that will be enough for us and Jesus says don't you know me Philip even after I have been uh, among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. See, Jesus is the life. And when the disciples witnessed Jesus Christ, they witnessed the Father as well. They believed, but yet they still had doubts. They still had questions. You know, that's the thing about us human beings. We like to rationale and try to understand things, and there are some things that we cannot understand. We just have to believe it on faith, that it is as it is. Now, somebody had mentioned to me, they said, you know, you should give a sermon on death. A nice sermon on death. And at first I thought about it, you know, that might be an interesting one. But the more I thought about it, and the more I thought about the scriptures for today, the more I thought, no. We don't want a sermon on death. We want a sermon on life. Because that's what Jesus Christ is. He is life. And all these people that are out here in the cemetery, Jesus would say they're asleep. They're not dead. When Jesus was upon the earth, the Gospel of Matthew records a powerful statement he made just prior to raising a young girl from the dead. Her father came to Jesus declaring, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hands on her and she will live. That's recorded in Matthew 9. And as Jesus went to the house where the little girl's body lay, there was a crowd of people mourning for her. And what does the text say? He said to them, Make room for the girl. The girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. That's indeed a profound doctrine about death and life. Jesus teaches us that death is not the end. It's merely sleep. When we go to bed at night and we shut our eyes, and just like that, it's morning. Sometimes that snap of the finger comes all too quick. But we're unconscious of what happens during the night. And when we wake up the next morning, it's a brand new day, and that's what's going to be when we fall asleep, permanently, not per- well our physical body this is the body here, is going to fall asleep, it's going to decay, but the spirit that we have will go on living. And we will be alive. See, there is no such thing as, well, there is eternal death for those who do not believe in Jesus Christ. For those who have fallen away from him, yes, there will be eternal death. We don't want to go down that path. We want to go down the Jesus Christ path where there is the promise of everlasting life. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, he says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will be risen first. After that, we who are still alive are caught, will be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Yes, when we fall asleep, when our bodies fall asleep in the flesh, in the snap of a finger, we will be with Jesus Christ. Even think about Lazarus. What did Jesus say about him? He says, our friend Lazarus is asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. People didn't understand what that was. And that's why people, you know, they're thinking in their minds, he's not asleep. We, th- we try to logically th- explain things, and they didn't get it. That when we die, we're merely asleep. We're not dead. The next life is yet to come. The most glorious, although it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that's going to be so glorious, it's not going to be so cold there. It's going to be wonderful. We won't have to put up with the snow. Or the heat, or the mosquitoes. Oh, that'll be the next thing now, won't it? The mosquitoes. Oh, it's always one thing. Here's something else that's also interesting. When Jesus died on the cross, do you know what happened then? Think about that cemetery over there. When Jesus died on the cross, the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection. They entered the holy city and appeared to many. I didn't make that up. That's in Matthew 27, verses 52 and 53. People had risen from the dead and went into the holy city after Jesus had died on the cross. So you see, Jesus is not about death. He is about life. It's about eternal life. But while we're here, we have a life to fulfill. And he says in John 14, 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now that sounds like a answer to troubled hearts. And how do you spell relief? P-R-A-Y-E-R. Prayer. That's how you spell relief. You see, Jesus at times also talked about how he was deeply troubled in spirit. And when he was, what did he do? He went and he prayed. He prayed to the Father. Likewise with us. When we are troubled in our life, we should also pray. That is our antidote for worries. Yes, we're going to worry. We're going to have troubles in our life. Our life is not going to be perfect but we can make the best of it through Jesus Christ because he is walking there with us each and every day of our lives. What more can we ask for? No other religion can claim that because Jesus is the only way and the one. So as we go on with our life and as we get closer towards the end of our life, let's remember that we're getting closer God, that we're getting closer to Jesus Christ. As our faith gets stronger, you know, and every day we wake up in the morning, we should give God the glory and the praise and thank you God for another wonderful day out there. And give Him all the glory and all the praise and all the honor each and every day. It gets you closer to Him every day. It's kind of like exercising. If you don't exercise, your muscles will start losing their, their strength. Our spirituality is the same way. As long as we do not communicate and talk to God, search the scriptures, pray to Him each and every day our spirituality also will weaken up over time. And we don't want that to happen because that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to fall away. He says, "Ah, I have a way to get them. We're going to spread this virus out here. People are not going to go to church and they're they're not going to have this socialization. Oh, this is a great plan. It's not succeeding over here at Buffalo Lake, I can tell you that. And it should not be succeeding anywhere. For those who are watching at home on their on their podcasts and watching their church services should be really in prayer during that time as well. Because Jesus is the life, the way, the truth. What more can we ask for? God is great. He created all this. We can't help that we've fallen into sin in the Garden of Eden and everything went haywire after that. Nevertheless, Jesus is still number one in our lives. First Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and that is the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given in its proper time. So as we leave here today, we should be all spiritually lifted up and thinking, Yes! It was a great day. It is a great day. Tomorrow's going to be another wonderful day. And when things get in the way, we have the antidote of P-R-A-Y-E-R, prayer to our Father, to Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, to give us the strength and the courage to make it through the difficult times in our lives because that's what He is there for. He is there to help us out. Now, before I conclude this morning, I'd like to... First of all, wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. And I came across this neat prayer, it's based upon Psalm 139. And so, we will have the prayer here from based upon 139. You have looked deep into my heart, Lord, and you know all about me. You know when I am resting or when I am working and from heaven you discover my thoughts. You notice everything I do and everywhere I go. Before I speak a word, you know what I say. And with your powerful arm, you protect me from every side. I can't understand all of this. Such wonderful knowledge is far above me. You are the one who put me together inside my mother's body, and I praise you because of the wonderful way you created me. Everything you do is marvelous. Of this I have no doubt. Nothing about me is hidden from you. You watched as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Even before I was born, you had written in your book everything I would do. Your thoughts are far beyond my understanding, much more than I could ever imagine. I try to count your thoughts, but they outnumber the grains of the sand on the beach. Look deep into my heart, God, and find out everything I am thinking. Don't let me follow evil ways, but lead me in the way that time has proven true. Amen. And may the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord, the way, the truth, and everlasting life. Amen. All right. Juliana's going to come in here, and she's going to sing for us while we go ahead and gather the offering. Oh, fur Okay, where is this end here? Okay, plug that into there. Oops. Okay, the iPhone is on number three, so we'll turn that up. Oops, go ahead and put that on. Takes a little bit to get organized. Okay, so you should be able to...
1: I'm Just...
0: All right. Thank you, Juliana. All right. Uh, For prayers for today, um, we're going to pray for Larry's uh, family here. Uh, His mother passed away here this past week, and so we uh, pray for comfort for for the family. And um, since we don't, I don't know anything else that's going on out there uh, right now, so uh, we'll have a moment of prayer, uh, a silent time for each and every one of you as well. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this time together as we worship and praise your name. We give you all the glory and all the honor each and every day, Lord, and be with the leaders of our country, our state, our municipality, that they may make the proper decisions during this COVID issue that's going on throughout the world, Lord. Oh, and there are so many things going on. There are the young, there are the not so young who who are struggling in this life. And Lord, be with their families and be with the leaders and, and be with communities as they try to overcome this disease, this virus that is inflicting so many people around the world. And Lord, we know that you are walking with us in our journey. Uh, we sometimes in our lives are troubled uh, by the things around us, by the things in our families, the things in our community. Whatever the case might be, Lord teach us to have that perfect antidote of prayer to pray to you to ask for forgiveness to ask for peace to ask for comfort because you are the way the truth and the life. and we give you all the glory and all the praise each and every day lord and now we'll take a couple of moments in silence as we pray pray what is on our own individual hearts We lift up all these petitions to you almighty god who has created all things on heaven and on earth we pray this in your name jesus christ who has also taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And let the horns honk. Amen. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious upon you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace, his love, and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, let God's people say, Amen. All right, we will close with the doxology as uh, Sheila can play that for us.